With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Call Away. Adam Giardino with you, radio broadcaster with the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, AAA affiliate of the Yankees. As promised, we had honest-to-goodness baseball here in AAA since our last episode, and the Rail Riders earned a series split with the Buffalo Bisons in the first four-game series of the season. They also played a game last night against Lehigh Valley on Monday night, and they fell in that one 5-4. Drew Hutchison, his first appearance with the Yankees organization, he picked up the loss, gave up a grand slam to Dylan Cousins. That was the difference in that one. We're going to quickly take you through the week that was for the Rail Riders, and it began on Thursday. The guy of note that Yankee fans are wondering about, Gio Gonzalez. He got the start on opening day for scranton Wilkesbury. went four innings, eight hits, eight runs, all earned. For Gonzalez, not the sharpest performance, but obviously for somebody that pitched once in big league camp and only went two innings there, a late signing at the end of spring training, this really was like a spring training kind of start for Gonzalez. And as we record this on Tuesday, Gonzalez gets to start tonight for Lehigh Valley. So plenty to keep an eye on with that and how Gonzalez progresses in start number two of his season. The very next day on Friday, Giovanni Urshela was the offensive spark plug. He went three for five. Nobody else in the lineup had multiple hits, but three for five is part of a 6-1 Rail Riders win over Buffalo. So game number two of the season, and the Rail Riders got their first win. Urshela, an RBI double in the first inning, that helped get the Rail Riders in front. They never trailed with two runs in the first. Buffalo only scored once. It was in the bottom of the seventh. It came off the bullpen, and that means that starter Nestor Cortez was outstanding. Five and two-thirds, three hits, nine strikeouts. He was lifted before six innings were completed with only 75 pitches, and for Cortez, this was a start where if it were May, June, you would be looking at seven-plus innings out of Cortez. He was working efficiently. He was excellent. But bullpen needed work. These guys hadn't pitched in a couple of days. And for Cortez, still start number one, so limiting him at only 75 pitches. On Saturday, Buffalo bounced back with quite a comeback win. The Rail Riders, in fact, had an 8-3 lead in the fourth inning. But Buffalo scored the final seven runs and won it, walking away 10-8. And so they had a 2-1 series lead. In that game, Mike Ford homered, two-run shot in the third inning. And for Ford, that got the, the juices flowing a little bit into the weekend because that set up a monster Sunday. On Sunday, Mike Ford, a three-homer game. The Rail Riders won 10-2. And Ford did it with a homer in the first, a homer in the third, both of those coming off Major League rehabber Clay Buckholes, and then Ford, a solo shot in the ninth inning to join a rather exclusive group of rail riders. Massive shift on, it moves Burns, the third baseman, over to short. 3-2 payoff, fly ball from Ford to right field, it is gone. A three-homer game for Mike Ford, the sixth of the afternoon for Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, 
10-2, top nine. Solo in the first, two run in the third, and a solo blast here in the ninth inning. Scranton Wilkesbury all over Buffalo pitching all day long. Ten runs on ten hits, six homers. With the homer, Ford became just the fifth rail rider to ever have three homers in a single game. Now that's in 30 plus years of rail riders history. And he's only the third to ever do it in a nine inning game. Most recently, Zoilo Almonte in August of 2014 down at Gwinnett. And before that, it was 1998. So not too common that a Scranton Wilkes-Barre rail rider has a three homer game, but Boy, Mike Ford came up big for Scranton Wilkesbury on Sunday. So that earned the series split. And then we look to last night. Monday, the Rail Riders fell to Lehigh Valley after opening up a three run first inning, a 4 1 lead in the second. But the aforementioned grand slam from Dylan Cousins off of Drew Hutchison. And it turned a 4 1 deficit for the Iron Pigs into a 5 4 lead. And that was the final. The bullpens were great both sides. J.P. Fireisen for the Rail Riders went two and a third scoreless. Joe Harvey just added to the 40-man roster this past offseason for the New York Yankees. He went an inning on only six pitches, so it's hard to be much more economical and efficient than that. So five games into the season, the Rail Riders with a two and three record going into tonight's game against the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Last week, we chatted with manager Jay Bell and had that conversation for you. You can go back in the archives and listen to what new manager for the Rail Riders, Jay Bell, had to say. 18-year big leaguer, Bell in his third year at the helm of a Yankees minor league team. He's gone from Tampa to Trenton and now up here to AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. Bell had a lot to say to get ready for the season, and one of the guys that we had a chance to chat with not too long after was the pitching coach, and we sat down with Tommy Phelps, and first things first, when chatting with a guy that's been around Scranton Wilkesbury, this team, this ballpark, this club for as long as he has, forget the baseball stuff. Want to know how his off season went? I've been good, you know. I had a had a good off season. Got to spend a lot of time with uh, the family. My oldest son is off in college now, so uh, getting to experience that with him and uh, and the long distance relationship now but uh other than that you know just the off season just get involved with the family and spend a lot of time with the boys and uh and you know prepare some for the the upcoming season as in you know spring training was over major league camp the whole time until uh until they broke camp so it was good i got to meet some of our new guys that we have here build some relationships with them and uh and get to learn them a little bit and and get ready for the season as of day one of the year at least a rotation that has five guys in it that all have major league experience in some capacity. You know, some a little bit more than others, but your take on this early season five-man rotation and the strengths of what they bring? Well, the first thing is experience. Um, they're all great competitors, and you know it's good, especially having someone like Gio Gonzalez in there and, and the experience and the success he's had uh, is going to be good for a lot of these guys um Hutchinson's got quite a bit of experience too and and same with Hale so uh you know having those guys in your staff is is really important especially the kind of guys those guys are they really 
they really relate with these guys well and and you know they they can share you know things they've done and learned and um and it's always good you always you know you have the pitching coach but really you know you have a lot of pitching coaches you have a lot of different experiences these guys have and everything so i encourage them to talk to each other and and feed off each other and, and learn from each other because you know over the history that's how we've all developed and and became you know better players than what we were so but it's exciting to have them um they're all hard workers and really excited for this season and, uh, you know, ready to get after it. Chance Adams gets the start for the Rail Riders today. He made his major league debut in August of last year. When you look at a guy like Chance, day one starter in 2018, opening night starter at PNC Field, now has that big league call up under his belt. How is he this year versus where he was at this moment in time last year? Well, one, he's he's finally broken the seal of getting in the big leagues, you know. So now the goal's not just to get to the big leagues. The goal's goal's to get back up there and stay up there. And uh, you know, his thing issue was coming back from his injuries and and getting stronger. And I, I look for him to build from the from last season and get into this season and uh, and keep uh, advancing his game. So um, you know, I I think he's in a in a more confident place. And I mean, he's always got confidence. But uh, I just feel like he's ready to really get after it and prove himself again and, and be the pitcher he was, you know, just a couple of years ago. Talking with Tommy Phelps, Rail Riders pitching coach. We look into this bullpen. You've got a few guys that could be on the cusp of that major league call-up. Gail Kosho, J.P. Fireeyes, and two younger guys that haven't had that opportunity yet. And the easy question is, what's it going to take? You know, opportunity. But from a development standpoint, how close really are J.P. and Kale? Uh, getting close, you know. They're they're understanding their strengths, um, and they're able to to pitch to those more. Uh, you know, the big thing you know in the past has been just the execution and and the consistency from outing to outing. And I tell you what, Fire Rising has been throwing the ball outstanding. It's probably the best I've seen him this spring. Looking for him to build off of that and uh, and see him go. And the same with Kosho. Kosho had a really good year. I know. His ERA wasn't great, but that was, you know, from several real tough outings and a couple occasions where he just had to pitch because we were thin in the bullpen and uh, he wasn't fully rested. So I'm looking for him to, to keep building off of what he did last year and keep progressing, and, you know, when the opportunity comes, they'll be prepared. Finally for you, we'll go behind the plate. You've got two catchers that have major league experience, longtime minor league guys, people that know the game of baseball, how much of a benefit is it to have Kyle Higashioka and Ryan LaVarnway at the outset of this season to work with all of these pitchers? Uh, it's huge, and I know Higgy knows a lot of these guys really well because, you know, his his time with them over the past several years, and, and that's that's huge. He knows the, the program and, and how things are done and and the experience he has and the experience he has in the big leagues is, is you know, invaluable. So, you know, having those two guys and LaVarne Way with him and being in a couple different places and, and what he's going to bring and offer, it's, all it's going to do is make us better. And, uh, and you know, you got a couple leaders back there to take over, and, and that's what you want from your catchers. You want guys that have leadership and, and the guys that the pitchers will trust. And, you know, that's going to be easy to do with what those guys have done and, and what kind of players they are. Well, that was Adam Marco's interview with Tommy Phelps earlier this week, and we are pleased to be joined by the voice of the Rail Riders himself, Adam Marco, on the podcast with us right now. And uh, I figure, why not? Let's take a look back at the week that was for the Rail Riders. And tonight, as we record this, we've got start number two of Gio Gonzalez coming up. He's a big free agent signing at the end of spring training, someone that Yankee fans are 
are really interested in and tracking how he's doing. So opening night, he gets a start in Buffalo. What was your takeaway from that performance? I don't think it's just Yankees fans. I think it's the Yankees in general. Very curious of what they can get out of Gio Gonzalez. Consider the rotation and the fluctuation with CC on the disabled list. Well, suspended, then on the disabled list. And what are you going to get out of Loi Siga or Herman or Luis Sesa? So there is potential for Gio Gonzalez if he can turn around these first two months of the season and become the pitcher that turned him into a two-time All-Star and turned him into a near Cy Young winner. The left-hander can certainly be a viable rotation candidate for the New York Yankees or perhaps somebody else along the way. I think what we saw on opening day from Gio, very much what the Yankees saw during spring training out of Gio Gonzalez was rust. It is not the same pitcher now that he was for the final two months of the season with Milwaukee last year, and it's just a sheer lack of repetitions right now. The ability to get out there every five days and pitch, because he wasn't on a contract, because he didn't have that agreement, he didn't have the opportunity to go through a full spring training. So I think you approach start number three, really, for Gio Gonzalez, as if it's now what, March 1st, March 5th right, right. for the average pitcher that had started in spring training, had been going through the full scale. And that's not to say he wasn't working out. He didn't do his own throwing program, but he wasn't in that camp setting. He wasn't in an environment where he was facing major league hitters or even triple A or double A hitters. So I think we're starting to see, we hope to see Gio Gonzalez round into form tonight and maybe this coming weekend at PNC Field where he should get his third start for Scranton Wilkes-Barre. I think we're still in that knocking the rust off phase for a guy that it shouldn't take long and maybe it's tonight where it turns right around back to the caliber of pitcher he could be he has been. I'm really interested to see how he pitches tonight and in that next start and once he gets to that next start then he's bumping up against his April 20th opt-out clause and for a lot of guys, we've seen it in years past here that when you hit that opt-out clause, if you're not up in New York, if it, up in New York, if you're not with the big league team, you're going to take it. You're going to find greener pastures. I'm not so sure that's the case with Gio, though. Not necessarily, and maybe in his mind, maybe with his agent, it's a hard out. That's what they're going to do, and if the Yankees haven't decided by then, but I don't think he has given them a reason to decide otherwise at this stage. So. He could stick around. You think back to last year, a couple of guys that were on those agreements, the minor league deals with the opt-out, Oliver Perez, went over to Cleveland and pitched very well for the Indians, helped them into the postseason. His numbers on paper, minus inherited runners for the Rail Riders, were very good, enough to merit a chance. It just didn't happen with New York. And, of course, at the deadline, they go out and get Zach Britton. Would Perez still being in the organization have changed that mindset? Maybe not. Maybe. Adam Lind was another one that they signed, and it was, you know, what does he have? What's he got left in the tank? Lind, who had played in the major leagues for a long time with a couple of organizations, played for Scranton Wilkes-Ferry for about a month, took the opt-out, went over to the Red Sox system, and did he go to the majors with Boston? No, he played against us a week later with Pawtucket. So it's kind of hit and miss with some of these guys, and hopefully for Gio, he makes that a difficult decision, whether it be for himself or for the New York Yankees. Maybe he wants to be a Yankee. Maybe there's part of it that says, I can stick here for another week or two. You, you look at the rotation, as mentioned, at the big leagues. Severino, we don't know his status. You've got CC coming back soon. 
What does that do for Loisiga, Cesa, Herman? Maybe there's an opportunity. There's always an opportunity, it seems, because of injuries or suspensions or something that he may stick, and it'll be curious to see what happens certainly tonight, certainly on Sunday, and then where do we go from there with Gio Gonzalez? And last year you mentioned Oliver Perez. He pitched so well. He worked himself into a two-year, $5.25 million contract with the Cleveland Indians. So obviously he made the right decision, and it'll be interesting to see uh, for Gonzalez if he pitches well the next couple of times out if he thinks that there's that kind of opportunity awaiting for him in a different organization or if the Yankees are still the path that he wants to go on. And we're still looking at a free agent scenario where Craig Kimbrell's still out there and Dallas Keuchel's still out there. So it depends on the value that he thinks he can get on the market and if it's worth taking that opportunity. I don't think he leaves unless there's something else ready for him on the other side like there was for Lyndon Perez. I mean, that's why you do it and your agent would have enough foresight and wherewithal to see what the market is before you create the market for yourself. And switching from the, the pitching over to the hitting, the brightest spot on the hitting side of things over these first five games for the Rail Riders, unquestionably, it's Mike Ford, who leads all of minor league baseball with four home runs, but the bulk of that came with a three-homer game on Sunday in Buffalo. What has been your takeaway to Ford's start of the year? Well, if you read the article that MILB.com wrote about Mike Ford after his three-homer game, it's all about yoga. It's about how he stayed in good shape during the offseason, how he did his conditioning differently this year than others, and whether that's the case or whether this is the Mike Ford that people knew as he was coming up through the Yankees organization. You know, last year was my first look at him on the same side of the field. So I've seen teams play against him over the years, but – Watching him play, he was a better player, a different player in the second half of the season. This is more August Mike Ford 2018 than April, May Mike Ford of 2018. The key now is how does he keep it going? Because anybody can get hot for one game or a weekend or a couple of days at a time. This is something that Mike needs to do for a pronounced period of time. It needs to be a month or two months. And whether or not the big league first base scenario is settled they've got two options right now and Greg Bird and Luke Voigt whether Ryan McBroom is one of those options down the line Mike Ford is playing for a major league job in some capacity he's not here to hit triple a home runs so the body of work if he can extend it a couple of months and force that issue with New York or maybe a team that wants to bring them bring that guy into his their organization you know look at Tyler Austin going over to the Giants he started at first base Yesterday for San Francisco, the former rail rider and Yankee first baseman. Thought to be the first baseman of the future for a little bit. Things shift. He went to Minnesota last year at the deadline and now is starting first baseman at the big league level for the San Francisco Giants. You never know who you're playing for on any given night, it seems. And for Ford, it it, it feels like you never know maybe where in the lineup even that you're going to hit. And this year... It's been a totally different look at Ford as a number two hitter. He's played four of the five games, and all four times he's been penciled in the two-hole. Last year, he started 100 times for the Rail Riders. 93 of those were as the cleanup hitter. And I think when you look at Ford and what he projects on the field, you see power 
a below average runner, you see a cleanup hitter, but I think there's a little bit more depth to him than that and his ability to get on base. Where do you fall in how he's been used in the lineup over the first week by Jay Bell? He's got four home runs and the team has <laughs> two victories and three losses. And so I, it's difficult to argue with Jay Bell and Phil Plantier and how they're manipulating this lineup. I'm not sure if this is a lineup that carries the whole way through the season. Does he settle into a three or a four spot again as he has been in the past? The lineup as predicated by the roster presented to Jay Bell right now, yes, I understand. But if it was the roster that Jay anticipated having heading away from spring training as he came up from Tampa with Tyler Wade and Clint Frazier, no, Mike Ford is not going to hit in the two spot of the order. He's going to hit probably third or fourth behind Frazier and Wade. And however long those guys can stick at the big league level, the better. In the lineup, the roster, the way it is right now, I want that guy batting third, batting fourth for your very traditional reasons. It's great if he's hitting a home run as long as there are people on the bases in front of him. That's where his power comes into play. Getting on base is fine if you have somebody to bring him home but he can't do both. So I accept it for what it is with this roster, but I think he settles into a spot two places down in the lineup when, if and when this roster fluctuates as it probably will within the next you know, 12 to 36 hours. It always seems to. Traditionalist Adam Marco joining us here on the podcast. We'll have him on every single week, getting his take on what He's seeing what we're seeing on the field in front of us with the Yankees AAA affiliate night in and night out. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Next week we'll talk about juiced baseballs. That we will. Baseball's flying all over the place, and the man who's trying to get these guys to hit them even further is the hitting coach, Phil Plantier. He was our guest on the pregame show earlier this week, and the very first thing we talked to Phil Plantier about was – that roster fluctuation, when he was breaking spring training camp, he thought Tyler Wade, Clint Frazier would be atop the lineup, and instead both those guys up in the big leagues. So the first question for Phil was, how do you deal with those day-to-day -day changes as the hitting coach? Well, I think the most important, it just proves that um, it's really important that the players are always preparing because you never know what's around the corner. You never know when uh, situations come up and opportunities arise. Obviously, it's unfortunate, unfortunate that we've had some injuries in the, at the big league level. Um, nobody's happy about that. But at the same time, um, this is about the Yankees organization winning at the big league level. So this is a, um, creates more opportunity for younger players in the minor leagues. Um, so it really makes every day the players um, recognize that maybe every day really does matter and that their preparation every day is, is, is critical, not only for their development, um, but for the unknowns that are around the corner. You've got Tyler Wade and Clint Frazier. You wish them well. They go up. They've been there before to take care of their business. What was that conversation like with Tyro Estrada, somebody who dealt with injuries all last year and somebody that I'd imagine you had your sights set on, on really molding him to start this year to get his feet back beneath him. So what did you tell him as he went up to the big leagues? Good luck. Um, learn. Learn something every day. Um, Tyro obviously has a lot of resilience built into his system um, with the 
the recovery that he went through last season uh, based on having an unfortunate event the year before. Um, mentally very strong just to get through that. So just in life, he's already been successful because he's fought through some things that are very difficult, and he didn't let that hold him back, and he's worked extremely hard to get himself healthy and back on the field. Um, yeah, maybe it was early, but at the same time, um, his uh, players need to have some aptitude to play at the major league level. You have to constantly learn, constantly adjust, constantly refine what you do as an individual and how it relates to the other side. And so his, uh, it's, it's, it's going to have to happen a little bit faster for him. But um, I do think that he has some survival skills in the box. Um, he's a very tough kid. Um, he's, he's not afraid of the competition. I don't think the uh, limelight of being in the big leagues will be any problem for him at all. It's just really getting his um, getting his swing in order and uh, him allowing it to come out, you know, in a different environment. So, hey, we hope he stays. We hope he sticks. We're here with Phil Plantier on the pregame show. So we've talked about Tyro Estrada, a guy that Yankee fans could be a little more familiar with. There are some names on this roster that are, are a little unfamiliar for Yankee fans. Um, and a guy that showed off some skills yesterday was Matt Lipka in the batter's box and um, coming up with the home run, two-run homer. What was your impression of Matt throughout spring training, somebody who spent last year with the Giants organization? So I got to know Matt in spring training because he was at Major League Camp. I was as well, and we spent a lot of time together. Um, so uh, and Matt's a really good communicator, so therefore we're able to learn a lot about him fast. Um, a lot of credit goes to our scouting department that um, saw him as a six-year free agent. That might fit into what the Yankees do, and he does. He's extremely athletic. Um, Honestly, I think he's underperformed in his past with the bat. He does bring an element of uh, really good outfield play. He has the ability to play solid center field, runs the bases extremely well. He's a plus runner. Um, our goal is to basically get his bat caught up to what his skill set is. Um, he has the attributes to be a hitter. Uh, it's a work in progress to get him to understand the things that he needs to do. So yesterday was a really good sign. He did a lot of good things in spring training. And yesterday was a really good sign that he is getting better. Um, and so uh, we need to keep going in that direction, get that bat caught up to the rest of his game. And I think that uh, um, I, I think that's going to happen and hopefully be just one more option for the major league club down the road if needed. Um, somebody that might be able to help him out. One final question with Phil Plantier, hitting coach for the Rail Riders. Coming into today, the lineup features Cliff Pennington, a veteran, a guy that was signed outside the organization and brought in. And so when you meet Cliff, somebody that I presume you've never worked with before, what are the first things that you talk about with, with him? Well, I actually haven't even met him yet. So I'm going to go in there and meet him right after this conversation. Um, Cliff's been around. Um, he's, he's an experienced guy, so my my job is to learn what he teach. He needs to teach me what he does. I'm going to encourage him to teach me what he does and what he needs to do to prepare every day. I'm going to watch, I'm going to observe, um, and basically help him prepare. And then through time, as a relationship, if there's something, um, you know, as things develop. Uh, you know, we'll see where things go. But uh, really, when you're dealing uh, with a veteran player versus a younger player, it's, it, there's a whole different process to it. Um, and so you got to you got to respect the solid career that he's had. It's just nice to have a um, a, a good uh, an experienced player like that in AAA for the big league club if it's needed. Again, that was Rail Riders hitting coach Phil Plantier. 
breaking down some of the bats for the Real Riders, and he's got to be pleased with how things have shaken out over the first couple of games of the season. We chatted with him before that outburst on Sunday. Sunday featured three homers from Mike Ford, but six homers overall, and his offense has done a great job of jumping out and scoring some early runs. They've struggled, though, against teams' bullpen, some of the harder throwers coming in to close out games when they've trailed. We've had a pretty good dive into what the Rail Riders have done this past week, but a weekly installment is that we also catch up with some of the other broadcasters around the Yankees organization. And this week, we've got a radio report from Matt Dean down in single A Charleston. Then we jump up to double A Trenton with John Moses. And the last report will be from our very own Adam Marco on the week that was with the Rail Riders. So first up, Matt Dean down in Charleston. With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. The River Dogs feature one of the most talented pitching staffs in the lower levels of the minor leagues to start the season, including five of the Yankees' top 21 pitching prospects on the MLB.com preseason list. The Charleston staff features several flamethrowing arms that figure to draw the attention of Yankee fans to the south this year, but it was a more unheralded prospect that stole the show for the Dogs on Friday night in Columbia. The righty sets, deals, delivers. Yes, he did. Strikeout swinging at the top of the zone. He fans the side in the ninth, and Sean Semple, for the second time in his career, strikes out 10 here at Segura Park in Columbia. He does it in emphatic fashion to cap a comfortable 6-1 River Dogs victory. A Glassboro, New Jersey native selected by the Yankees in the 11th round last season, Semple was nearly untouchable, caying 10 of the 17 hitters he faced and inducing a swing and miss on 20 of his 65 pitches thrown to pick up the win in relief. Charleston staff has limited the Fireflies the Mets South Atlantic League club to just five runs over the first three games, although they were clipped 3-2 and handed their first loss of the year on Saturday night. The Riverdogs look to keep the dominant pitching start going as they fight for a series victory over Columbia on Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. With this look at the River Dogs, this is Matt Dean. With the Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses. Trenton season opened on Friday night at UPMC Park in Erie, Pennsylvania, and an 11-1 drubbing at the hands of the Seawolves opened the season on Friday night. However, the Thunder bounced back with a victory in game number two thanks to a two-run home run by Jorge Saez in extra innings as called by our own Spencer Smith. The 1-2 again, breaking ball, Saez swings and launches it deep left field. This one way back and gone! The Thunder have retaken the lead on a two-run shot by Jorge Saez here in the 11th. It's now 3-1. Working under first-year manager Patrick Osborne, the Thunder once again project to be one of the top pitching teams in the Eastern League. I think the strength, the starting pitching, is, is going to be really, really good. Uh, our bullpen's going to be strong. With the Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses. With this look at the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. Heading into play on Sunday, the Rail Riders sport a 1-2 and two record, falling on opening day 8-3, to three, picking up a 6-1 victory on Friday night and seeing Buffalo rally from a five-run deficit in a 10-8 Bisons victory on Saturday. A few early season highlights include home runs from Matt Lipka, a minor league free agent signee, Mike Ford, and Gozke Coteau. The pitch to Coteau is a swing and a rocket right center field. This one's hit well. Fields heads back on the warning track, and it's gone for Gozke Coteau. Also getting off to a hot start this season is Trey Ambergy. 
571 average, including four hits on Saturday. New manager Jay Bell ready for the 2019 season. He has plenty of experienced players, including 17 that were part of last year's playoff run in some capacity for Scranton Wilkes-Barre. I'm excited about it. You know, we've we've got a lot of expectations. Some that uh, you know brought on by Al whenever he was here. Of course, Bobby last year, and you know, there's there's some unfinished business. I think from a lot of these guys are in their in their minds. They want to uh, they want to finish what they started the last last few years. With Scranton Wilkesbury, I'm Adam Marco. And with that, we wrap the week around the Yankees minor league system. Adam Giardino with you. Thanks for hanging out and being part of this week's installment of A Call Away. Real Riders go home on Thursday night, April 11th, for their home opener at PNC Field. They open up the home slate at 7.05 Thursday night against the Buffalo Bisons, and perhaps Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will be finally back in action up in AAA for the Bisons, Rail Riders didn't get a chance to see the injured top prospect in all of baseball in the first series of the season. As always, you can catch all the games for Scranton Wilkes-Barre on the Rail Riders radio network, on the TuneIn radio app, search SWB Rail Riders, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. Big thanks to Matt Dean in Charleston, John Moses in Trenton, my broadcast partner Adam Marco. I'm Adam Giardino. Catch you next week on A Call Away on the Pinstriped Alley Podcast Network.